I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Tech Talk, you've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown behind the glass taking care of us live from the first United Bank studio. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline and hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line as well. Thoughts, comments, questions. Uh, reactions all of that welcome there uh someone doubles down and agrees that we are in the fourth edition of the big 12 gus on the eighth flooring center chat line so stick with that man. yeah and i'm really it i'm i'm not really even splitting between the you know the there was a couple years there with whatever a&m and not Nebraska or missouri you know some of that kind of glopped glopped around in there but I was just thinking, like, yeah, that we we're in the third, and next year, next one would be the fourth. I'm sort of glomming all that together, but yeah, regardless, what's we're definitely your, not in 2.0. Yeah, not anymore. What's your emotional attachment to the Big 12? Because I mean, I'm a Big 12 fan because you have a team that plays in the Big 12, right? Um, but that's not how I felt back in, and you know, I was I, when I gr- was growing up, I grew up the entire time with the north south you know big 12 sure uh as a whole and you know for a lot of people that was new and something clearly to get adjusted to as you combine conferences um and as we learn feels like well it used to be like every decade or so and now it feels like every four to five years if that you are seeing a conference go through that but what i grew up with with the big 12 and i'm not saying i miss the north south and i've gotten over um, you know, the, the Nebraska leaving and A and M and 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 just teams, Larry, yeah, just teams sure. going away from. I've I've gotten over that, but my emotional attachment as a whole to what that Big Twelve was to the Big Twelve that you went in with ten teams, uh, there for a while to this quick snapshot of a new four. I feel like it dipped. But it's starting to come back up. It won't ever be the same as what it was in that first North-South. It just won't. Um, but to me, the the excitement of how wide open, and really when you put in the, the leader in the clubhouse sport-wise with football, with how wide open that feels, that has maybe rejuvenated my excitement as a whole for the Big 12. Basketball not taking a step back at all. Baseball being right. very interesting. I mean, really, through a lot of sports that you're adding, you're you're not missing a beat. And now that you're kind of seeing the the two teams that really sparked it leave and go to a new conference and just kind of in my mind, yeah, get the filth out. Um, I'm I'm getting back, but I won't all the way. I, I won't be all the way back to that original North South. It just won't ever get there. Yeah, I you know the you'll you'll hear guys my age and older nostalgic about the Southwest Conference. Sure. Um, and uh, and and Thetford Nashby, you know, Dave and those guys talk about it because that was the league, you know, that they, I mean, certainly that Ashby competed in and coached in, but you know, they grew up here in town watching it, and you know, those two are probably you'd have to think about this, so they may be old enough to have some vague memories of 
like the excitement around tech getting into the Southwest conference. And, you know, that was a, kind of our arrival to major college sports. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean, if, if I could reset to anything, if I could go back and, you know, put, put a, put a conference together that would be, you know, I don't think it would be the Southwest conference and, and, uh, not that I'm not nostalgic about it, but you know, I think, I think the big 12, the original big 12 was so ideal. Um, um, you know, just with the, with the Nebraska's and A&M's and certainly now Texas and OU. I mean, you know, but I, I you know, the thing that's interesting and, and I mean, interesting and I'm ex- excited about the, the, the next, the, well, the current, but certainly the next version of it or 4.0, if you will, um, is, is the, you know, something that AD and I talked about a bunch and you've, you've been there for all those conversations, but the, the idea that we're all sort of playing with that same budget, same salary cap or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's not a true salary cap, obviously, but the, the idea that we don't have, but the know, means these... to funds and availability yes. of those things, it, no one has a clutch on any of that, um, which is it. just as, just as important, if not more important that no one really has a, a clutch on just like the current talent department or right. a history department, you know, and anything like that, as far as longstanding things, it is even footing. It, it feels that you're exactly right. And it feels, uh, it feels like, you know, and so in a sense, that is, that is something that, you know, sets the, the conference behind the big 10 and Southeast sure. conference, especially as we talk about football, no doubt, but the, um, you know, the interest level, you know, what this will be like for fans of, of schools in the conference and just what this, what this league will be like to observe. Um, there may be an, it, you know, it may be an interesting league to watch and follow, um, you know, it, it, and we'll probably deal with certainly in the sport of football, we'll deal with the snobbery coming down from the big 10 and sec, you know, that, well, you're not good enough to play in our league or their best team wouldn't be 11 and one in our league, you know, that, that kind of, stuff and and you know who knows there may be some truth to that but um it 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 may be a pretty good product for just uh across the league just for main you know maybe not one one thing we're not going to have is again speaking in the sport of football we it doesn't appear we're going to have just a vanderbilt you know that's just always going to be there at the bottom of the standings and you know just pat them on the back and on the way to baseball season or whatever but um you know so so that may be the good aspect of this you know the the whole deal is kind of drawn together and that we're all a lot alike Mm -hmm. be interesting could be fun yeah and you know it's it's funny because we just went through you're, you're now in the part where you're rolling through this final season um and i don't by the way not trying to make it sound like anytime we talk about like the big 12 4.0. 4.0. Sometimes I feel like I, I find myself having a tendency going like, and this is what it's going to look like forever. And we all know it's <laughs> not, it's just not. Um, and everyone still kind of has uh, the eyes glancing over at the ACC eventually with whatever happens um, with them. But as far as waiting for Big 12 4.0, you just hit the milestone where, okay, as soon as Texas lost to Washington, uh, on Monday, okay, boom, the next time you hit uh, the field for football, you'll be in that new Big 12. Now, you'll get through that where you're going through uh, on your little timeline, those 
check marks and clearly have a long way to go through basketball and through baseball. And I'm not trying to bypass any of those, especially for Texas Tech, because you've got some exciting season uh, ahead left to play in basketball. And then clearly, uh, you know, baseball and softball and all that good stuff coming up just around the corner, uh, getting closer and closer. Gus isn't excited about it at all. Uh, but <laughs> no. next time you hit the football field, I mean, you're going to be in the new Big 12. So you have as as much talk as we had in the off season and over the past two years, you're at least finally at that next kind of footing whenever snaps resume and you're playing live fire there on the gridiron. Yeah, I'm so excited to see our, our football schedule, to see that pan out. And, and uh, you know, we know who we're playing. We talk about this, seems like every day or every couple of days sure. this gets mentioned. And uh, we know who we're playing and we know where we're playing. But just the sequencing uh, – but but to your point, I mean, we jump right in with Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado like first year, and so we're we're getting three of the four corners, if you will, of of three of the four new schools, and so uh, you know that that part's intriguing. Um, you know, it's not like something we're going to watch from a distance and only maybe get one of the teams. We get Coach Prime here, you know, next year. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm curious about it just because the sequencing, obviously, because all we really can talk about is, oh, well, I hope we're 3-0 and after the first three games, you know, the three non-conference games or whatever. But um, what we don't know is, you know, where, where these other games will land and if we've got a tough road stretch or if there's some home road balance. And then I'll be fascinated to see about Thanksgiving weekend because it feels like that Texas Tech versus Texas A&M basketball game on Black Friday is is not going to be sitting there by itself. I, I sure, you know, I would bet the that we've got a uh, Saturday football game. And you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of, and I think I'm right about this, Clint. It's before your time, but 1999 when the arena opened and Coach Knight, you know, brought Indiana here to open the spirit arena and it was just you know which is still beautiful great highly functional now 25 year old arena unbelievable to say that um but uh you know just mind-blowing and that place is packed to see it but it was also on a weekend with a home football game i think and so we did that uh, oops on friday tech talk here on double t 97.3 we'll be right back with more next need a quick lunch idea podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk. Happy Friday. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown behind the glass taking care of us. We'll take you all the way up to six o'clock. That time it's Friendship Girls Basketball taking on San Angelo Central uh, in San Angelo. So if you're out there on the road, boy, drive safe and drive even safer on the way back. Cause, uh, man, that is a, that is a, a, a nice little doozy of a trip to make there and back. But you know, friendship fans are certainly used to it over on 100.7. The score Liberty will be in action as well. How about a girl boy double header for the Patriots at Abernathy six thirty for the girls, seven thirty for the boys. And then, uh, on the college ranks, Illinois is at Purdue, 715, 100.7. The score. So we'll go Dr. Mike Gustafson from that quick look in at a Big Ten matchup to 
the Big 12. It starts on Saturday, Texas Tech taking on Texas in Austin. But I thought, Gus and Kyler, we could use this time to make a little, uh, some predictions. I've got a list for you. Uh, I've given you the, uh, the list ahead of time, so you're not having to think quite as much on your feet. We're going to go through these one by one. I'm curious to see what you guys think of the Big 12, because I'll just say this. To me, it feels like you have more that's unknown as you finish the non-conference slate than you do known, because you have so many even records. Um, you know, a bunch of teams 11 and 2, a bunch of teams 12 and 1, one team 13 and 0. Um, and outside of West Virginia, everybody has a winning record, and a lot of people that are entering the Big 12 can, you know, look at a similar schedule like we were talking, playing the directional schools and uh, those types of teams you were seeing, you know, complained about on the chat line. Everyone was playing against those teams for the most part, and, and there were some big time matchups, and not everybody in the Big 12 won it uh, or won those games. And so it feels like a lot of teams are in the same boat, which will uh, be interesting for some predictions. Gus, I'll let you go first uh, on the one the top our list. I just want the conference winner this year. Oh, I'll probably go with the Jayhawks. Um, I'll be curious. I, I'm, I think Houston's very good like them. Uh, but, you know, maybe just the uh, um, – you know, the experience with some of the venues and just, you know, a, a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more accustomed to the Big 12 grind than Houston. But, yeah, when those two play, that'll be fascinating. I mean, you know, one of the interesting aspects of – there's many interesting aspects about that Houston team, but one of them is that one of their best players is a is a longtime veteran national championship ring uh, guard in, in uh, Cryer. So, so they've got somebody who's been through this thing before, um, but it'll be, uh, yeah. I, so I'd probably pick the Jayhawks. You know, it's funny you throw out LJ Cryer because in the uh, the weird world that we are with the transfer portal and in conference transfer transfers, I had to have it cleared up that LJ Cryer couldn't win newcomer of the year because <laughs> he was uh he was already in the Big Twelve. And he didn't go Big 12 to Big 12. But speaking of Alan uh, Bowman. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah isn't that weird? Yeah. And, and then, yeah, good point. And then for like, like speaking of Alan Bowman, he could win it for football this year um, and like by a week by week uh, basis because he came, you know, clearly from the Big 10, even though he'd been here before. But like all of those things you're trying to like add up are very funny. So LJ Cryer, I've learned, cannot win newcomer of the year, even though he transferred. All right. Uh, you have Kansas, Kyler. Who do you have? Uh, I think I agree with Mike. Um, I I put Kansas and Houston up there. Uh, I think I do have Kansas over Houston though. But I I do just the level of competition that Houston's gone against hasn't been Big Twelve worthy. That's for sure. Um, but they have been very dominant in all of their wins. So I I I have Houston or Kansas. So you going which one? I'm going. I'm, I'm gonna put Kansas, Kansas. above Houston, Kansas. but I, I do like Houston as well. All right, well, it'll be a, a Kansas sweep. I do think that the Baylor is worth throwing in there. Um, and, and again, they are loaded. They have uh, a terrific freshman. Um, it feels like to me, even though right now Oklahoma and BYU, you could, from a ranking standpoint, throw into that mix. I just think those three are on a different level. Um, and then you, with, with your, you know, talking about, Hey, like leadership of knowing how to get through there. I mean, Scott drew, 
uh, knows what he's doing. You know, whether yep. we want to note it or not. But I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go with Kansas as well. So we'll be lame and go with the Kansas sweep. All right, Gus. Hey, Clint, what is their what is their schedule with Houston? Do they play them twice or once or you know? Um, I believe they play them once. I think that's a once okay. matchup. I'm sorry. Um, all right, Gus, I need you to give me the coach of the year. Um, I, uh, and I'm going with, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the coach of the year being the, you know, the, the best story mm-hmm. type coach of the year rather than just, okay, this team won the conference. So, you know, so if, if my pick of Kansas, I don't think coach self wins it. Now, if they go 18 and 0 or whatever, then maybe I'd say, yeah, he deserves it. But, um, but I, I would guess probably I, my pick was Mark Pope at BYU or maybe Jamie Dixon at TCU. If TCU, you know, t- t- TCU could be sneaky good. I think BYU is sneaky good. And I think it's going to be from that category that our coach of the year will come. I don't, I don't know that, you know, the league media is going to jump on, uh, uh, you know, a Kansas conference champ and say, boy, let's give Bill Self his, you know, seventh coach oh, of the yeah. year award. Well, and, and you've seen a bunch of years where um, he hasn't won it and they haven't done that. And I, I was right. looking up some of this stuff and speaking of Scott Drew, he, you know, just, I mean, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, he won three in a row. Um, and of course you had like what well, you're saying, Tang won it last year. Um, which was that he was the best story. story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm picking from that category and I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know enough about BYU to, to really, you know, I know a lot of people are impressed. A lot of basketball people are impressed. They're number two in the country in that ranking. And so they've done some good things. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know enough about them to, 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 you know, do if they're down there at nine and nine in the Big Twelve, I don't think he's going to win it. But I think TCU's got a veteran enough club that Jamie Dixon, you know, that would be in a that would be the type of story that could elevate them to that conversation. All right, Kyler, who do you have for Coach of the Year? Um, I really think because uh, how I said I think Kansas or Houston can take the conference. Um, if Houston takes the conference, I can see Kelvin Sampson winning Coach of the Year simply because first year in Big Twelve. Coming yep. in and, mm-hmm. and winning the conference would be really huge. And, of course, I mean, that all just depends on the end of the season and how the things play out. But if they continue playing how they have been playing against this better competition in the Big 12, I can definitely see Kelvin Sampson winning Coach of the Year if they win. I think even if they just have, you know, finishing that second spot, I think his name will be for sure uh, in, the, in the voting. Um, Gus, I had a similar thought process as you. And just to differ, because I was deciding between Mark Pope and Porter Moser for the same reason. Wow. Um, nice. Because BYU picked 13th, Oklahoma was picked to finish 12th. And so you're in the same vein of both being extreme surprises, at least through early in the season. The offense for both have surprisingly looked really good. Um, some solid wins in there for both. Still a couple losses for both. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll differ from you. Just to give us some variety, and I'll, I'll mark down myself for Oklahoma's Porter Moser. Uh, Got it. All right, we will uh, do a few more on the other side. You can give us yours as well in the H4 Center chat line if you'd like to play along. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3.
the podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Did we get that answer? I meant to do homework on the uh, Grant McCaslin favorite barbecue item. We made predictions on it. Did you catch it, Gus? It is a Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. On Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown behind the glass. Uh, six o'clock, Friendship Girls Basketball at San Angelo tonight. Uh, Gus, did you catch it? Yeah, I got the... I, I, if I missed anything, it was like the first three or four minutes, and I might have... Because by the time I got on at 6.03 or whatever, he was already into basketball. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay... <laughs> no, and go so, back. We want the barbecue. No, no. We don't want the basketball. <laughs> and so if, if he did it... You know, it would have been the perfect sort of lead-in intro type yeah. thing, you know, like I talked about, because you, you've got those Rudy's readers, and I just missed it. Uh, but if if he did, it was relatively quick, but it would have been right there at the front, and that's what I missed. So, yeah, that's the part, uh, the part I got, that I, got I all the, was the back half, and I didn't get – ah, missed opportunity. Hey, if anyone, if anyone heard that answer and it was asked, let us know in the H4 Center chat line. All right, we're making Big 12 predictions – for basketball, let's keep rolling right along. We've given our uh, conference winner and our coach of the year. Let's go to player of the year, Gus. Yeah, I picked um, I picked Kevin McCuller. Um, he's leading the conference in scoring. Um, you know, and we know what he is as a defender. And uh, you know, he he he's a guy. I mean, he's he's on watch lists and everything for National Player of the Year. So. Uh, in my mind, it was kind of between him and him and your boy Dickinson. Um, but yeah, I'll, t- I'll take McCuller. Uh, before I give mine, Kyler, I was just gonna say the same, um, McCuller for sure. Um, like like Mike said, he's supposed to. He's he's one of the people in conversation for National Player of the Year, and I mean, he definitely is very deserving of of that recognition. So much like I think the conference will be decided between Kansas, Houston, and Baylor, I think player of the year will go to, I mean, here's a no-dust sentence for you. Whoever wins it, um, either Kevin McCuller, Hunter Dickinson, LJ Cryer, or maybe Jacoby Walter um, over at Baylor. I think those are will, will be up there as your leaders. And you may have someone, you know, maybe surprise you and, and maybe if like TCU had a really great run, they'll be like, oh, well, Emmanuel – Miller, he's scoring, you know, 17 a game. Why isn't he in, in, in you know, being talked about? But um, I'm I'm actually going to go Hunter Dickinson because Kevin McCuller has played, I know this just makes you want to tear your ears off, right? I, I understand. Kevin McCuller's obviously played to an All-American type uh, level of play so far this year. But what I think Dickinson has done is more sustainable. And yeah. um, as far as the scoring side of it, because I just think that he – has an offense that doesn't really go cold where McCullers could once you get to Big 12 play, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll take Dickinson uh, for Player of the Year. So let's go from Player. You know, one of hey, let me let me say this. One of the and this is, relates a little bit to the Bowman thing earlier, but w- one of the criticisms that college basketball was getting a lot of, you know, pre-COVID was all the one and dones and all the guys leave coming out and leaving early and you know. It, it, and 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 now with with this COVID thing and with NIL, keeping guys like Kevin McCuller, who who might you know who's going to get drafted and you know he'll have a 
maybe a fringy NBA career. I don't know. Seems like he'll be more of a Europe guy or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, just because the offense doesn't flow as easy, the shot doesn't flow as easy, but I, I may be wrong about that. But, you know, I, it feels like college basketball is maybe benefiting from NIL a little bit because some of these guys are hanging around long enough that they because they can make money playing college basketball as opposed to spinning themselves up professionally because it's their only way to money. And so it feels like we're getting an older, more veteran game now than than what we were getting, say, pre-COVID. I think that plays a huge part in it. I mean, you can go like with the Oscar Shibway story for Kentucky, um, yeah. where where I think that was absolutely the reason that he stayed. Um, and um, you're going to have more and more stories of this. Now it's not going to be that way for every single fringe. Should I stay? Should I test the waters and actually go? It's it's not going to be that way for every single experienced player that's having to make that decision. But I do think um, that is a weapon to keep older players in the sport of college basketball. A hundred percent agree with that. Uh, let's go to newcomer of the year, Gus. My newcomer was Dickinson, um, and that was an easy out, I guess, because of, you know, with me going McCuller. But I, I, as I sat there and pondered those two, I was like, wait, I know that's an easy out. I can just stick Dickinson in the newcomer <laughs> spot and uh, be done with it. And so that's what I did. Uh, Kyler. Same thing. Uh, easy way out was definitely um, Dickinson. However, uh, I also have, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Max Abmus. It's it's pronounced Acemus. It doesn't make any Ace-mas, sense. Really? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It <laughs> no. doesn't make sense. He's but a, you know, names are funny. Guard for Texas. He's averaging more than twenty, and he's got a thirty-seven percent shooting percentage from three point. Um, I just, I mean, Dickinson is the easy answer, but I just wanted to go ahead and throw in uh, Max as well because he's he's playing good ball as well. I actually took Acemus a for mine. Of course, if I had Dickinson as a player of the year, it felt like a pretty easy pick, but there's plenty of transfers clearly to decide between in the big 12, but he is a legit scorer and you'll get to see him tomorrow night and hopefully shut him down and make him look like not a legit scorer. But, uh, that's a guy transferring in who knows what to do with the basketball and yeah, led, um, the, led the nation in scoring at all yes. Roberts. And now we're going to deal with him tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, let's go to freshman of the year, Gus. Uh, Jacoby Walter Baylor, and uh, you know th- this will be another one of their one and done guys. Um, and and he is uh, listed as a, a potential lottery pick in mock drafts. So I'll stay with him. I was wondering. I think this will be a sweep, but Kyler, I'll let you go just real quick. It it will be a sleep. I have a Jacoby as well. I mean, a freshman shooting forty four from the field and averaging seventeen a game. I mean, that's 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 pretty impressive. All right, yeah, I've got Jacoby Walter as well. Although just just for funs, just for funnies, I I think it's worth keeping an eye on Iowa State's Momsilovich guy because he's legit, but I think that'll depend on what Iowa State can do with their season. How about for whatever reason, doesn't have to be firing, it can be whatever, uh, whatever this means to you. How about a team that will have a new coach next season? Gus? Yeah, I went with uh... – UCF and and the reason I did that was just because uh, I think Johnny Dawkins is and boy you, when I say the name Johnny Dawkins to me again much older than you guys but that like the early days of ESPN you know when when it was cool like man 
I watched a college basketball last night on a Tuesday, you know, on the new channel on my cable deal. But Johnny Dawkins is as that, uh, you know, A, as Duke was getting going under Coach K and B, just as as you kind of got into the rhythm of there being a college game on TV all the time. Johnny Dawkins is the name for my youth or, you know, my high school days and, uh, you know, left hander, all that. And so I've got some weird nostalgia around him. But him, uh, I, I say that because I wonder if UCF will be all right. We're six, seven years into this deal. You know, never really better than an NIT type middle of the pack team in the previous conference. And this is the point at which they can come into this conference if they sort of get it handed to them and they play down at the bottom part of the league that they can go, all right, it's time to commit to, you know, to, to make a commitment to a higher level of expectations than what they're getting from him. So I don't know that he's going to be the debacle last place team in the conference. In fact, I don't think he is. And I'm sort of putting an asterisk around the interim West Virginia situation, right? kind of pushing that one to the side. Uh, I, I thought a better answer to that would be to pick one of the guys that's not re- really in an interim situation. But uh, yeah, so Dawkins is my answer. Tyler, I took the easy way out. <laughs> I took the interim situation. I'm definitely looking at West Virginia having a coaching change. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to take Oklahoma State. And this is some things just not under uh, Boynton's control. Some things were. Um, if they have a really, really. And you may not see any new faces from these teams. Who knows? Um, but if I had to pick one, I think I would take Boynton and Oklahoma State. Um, especially if they have a very bad year in the Big 12, which I, I think they will. Um, I think that they seem like a lock for a bottom three team in the Big 12, and maybe you're looking around at trying to, you know, as you try to find yourself in what the new Big 12 is going to be, which I personally think will be even tougher um, as you add specifically Arizona, but some solid programs uh, from the Pac-12. I just think maybe they go fresh start sort of thing. And that may be good for Boynton too, because I think he's got a lot of basketball to coach. Uh, it is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Rolling right along. Back with more next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Happy Friday. You've got Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Live from the First United Bank studio, you can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973, or hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, Clint, Gus, Kyler. All right, we've got two more. Since I made you do all this homework, I might as well ask the question, right? All this uh, preparation just to not do it. Boy, that would be a waste of time and energy. So, Gus, I need the last place team in the Big 12. Who is just going to be the suck of sucks this year? Uh, I went with the uh, Mountaineers. I thought maybe one and this one would be a clean sweep with the freshman of the year. So uh, we'll see if Kyler agrees. I do agree. I got West Virginia being last place. Um, I do as well. So your final question then, how many teams – the Big 12 get into the NCAA tournament. The big dance, Gus. I'll be optimistic and say eight. Oh, I think man. That's optimistic. If you're optimistic, I don't know what I am then. Which is funny because, like, what, well, you, you know, this will change as you 
go farther into the season, but for whatever it's worth, what I think Lenardi on the last one we talked about, it had seven Big 12 teams, and it felt like right. everybody else except for like Oklahoma State and West Virginia were bubble teams from the Big 12, Texas <laughs> Tech included, which was on the first four out. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. It's just as far as his uh, expectations and predictions, whatever. All right, Kyler, how many? I've got seven. I've got seven. Wow. Okay. So you went seven. Gus went eight. Yeah, Gus, if you're optimistic, I just might be off my rocker then. Because I've got, you, I've you got, call for 10 or I've something? got nine. I've got nine teams. Oh, okay. I like um, it. Because, well, you can be optimistic too. I, I'm not even sure if that's just outright like crazy optimistic because the Big Ten consistently gets in numbers like this, which is a bigger conference. True. And statistically, when you go off of you know the, the net and quad ones and all of these that you face in your own conference, they haven't been quite as good as you. And so I don't see why the Big 12 should be or would be held back um, by that this year whenever you do have bigger numbers and moving forward. Um, as far as the the total number that you put in. In fact, I think that's what's been holding you back in a couple of years where you've been, I, I mean, one of the best conferences that's played the sport of basketball. I mean, going back to like the old Big East where they were just dominating everybody in uh, numbers and and just how you were viewed and put on a, a pedestal as a conference. The thing that was holding you back then was you had 10 teams. So it's like, well, you can't put everybody in. Right. Um, somebody's going to be at the bottom. Somebody's somebody's getting washed out and all that. No doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I've got nine, but. I hope you're right. Um, all right, so those I will save those, put them in a safe spot, tidy right. them away, and we will you need uh, a redress. You can still you can use the jingle. You can wrote I use it. my? Can, I guess I can. Yeah, I'll. You you wrote I've that. Never, I mean, you wrote. It. So I have to send myself an email. Is what you're saying? Sure, and but yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, I mean, you 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 know, you could either revoice that. I mean, you were no. the guy, right? <laughs> I'll use the sultry tones of the other guy. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't perfect. know if Kyler has okay. it on there or not, but. We'll we'll keep we'll keep some things around. Yeah, we'll. uh, speaking of Kyler, please give us your play of the day. Shoots the long two and missed it from the free throw line, and it's snatched out of the air by Darian Williams, who underhand flips to McMillan in rhythm three. Bang! A guns up three ball for Chance McMillan. Oh, that was sweet. It's NBA three. Pop Isaacs strings. 78-49 Red Raiders. Isaacs has 21. I included two plays today, um, both of them from their win over North Alabama. Um, they, McMillan and Pop Isaacs were going crazy from three. They each made three three-pointers. Um, Isaacs, the game before that as well, I believe made five, had 28, and then in this game against North Alabama had 21. And uh, it's nice to see them getting the uh, the three ball to fall. All right, good work. Uh, yeah, you, speaking of the three ball to fall, I don't know, maybe just exclusively – the three-pointer, but you're clearly taking on a big Texas team, Gus, uh, to start off Big 12 play, and you're on the road. A lot of interesting things uh, to learn about this team in the coming weeks. Um, but you're starting off, to me, with, depending on how you look at it, either the worst type of team to face or maybe, if you can play it to your strengths, maybe the best type of team to face. Because I don't think anybody views Texas as an unbeatable team, but it's certainly a tough test. They're ranked for a reason. They are talented, maybe not 
to me quite as talented as they have been. But, you know, we talked about Max Aismas. Got a lot of size. Uh, they have a former Big 12 freshman of the year in their starting lineup that used to be at Iowa State. Um, what do you what do you think of this matchup tomorrow? I mean, it feels it feels like it'll be a little more offensive than defensive, and and you know, in, in other words, that that I don't know what the over under is. I didn't even think about checking that, but you know, I might take the overs. Um, I think both of these teams lend lend uh, you know lean lean toward being more offensive, and it's really interesting because a year ago, or not maybe not quite a year ago, nine months ago. Uh, when we were all watching North Texas play down the stretch and coach McCaslin and his teams are winning rock fight after rock fight after rock fight to, to win the NIT. Um, and, and, you know, the, the criticisms just sort of the text line chatter was, Oh my gosh, we're going back to, you know, prehistoric ages with these scores. Cause they were winning all those games in the fifties. And now if anything, this team, lends itself to being the one that kind of wants to get out in space and play and play fast and all, uh, especially post Devin Cambridge. And so I think our situation lends itself to being a little more offensive and need to shoot it well and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, so I, I am concerned about the size difference. It's not a, it won't, won't be a, uh, and this, this will be true throughout for the rest of the season, but, uh, you know, Warren Washington being available, carrying big minutes, staying out of foul trouble is going to be critical, I think. Yeah, because you would think just to that point, if you're Texas on on the, the, the list of things that you want to do, the first thing is get Warren Washington in foul trouble and see how sure. much size you can get and see how much you can test uh, a Robert Jennings or see if you can get down uh, to Yolaho getting some minutes or whatever that's going to look like on the back end. Um, and so it's, I feel like now that you're playing better opponents, you're going to be in a really tricky situation because Warren Washington's a really good rim protector. Um, you know, he's a good defender. He is your only line of defense with that sort of size. Um, and so you, you want him to be aggressive, right? You want him to be that difference maker and not just sit out there with his hands tied behind his, uh, you know, t- his hands tied at his waist. So he's not fouling everybody. Um, and I don't think he's done that this year, but again, that, that gets trickier when you play a team that wants to attack inside consistently and has the guys to do it, has the horses to do it. And it's, it's, it's a, a few of them that can do that. So how quickly does it get to that mode though, where you're going, okay, I mean, you're trying to balance being aggressive, being a difference maker on defense, but also, dude, we need you on the court. So I'm I'm curious if game one in the Big 12 is something you see. I don't think you want to. Uh, and on the other side, I'm with you, you you have to get this into a, to me, a, a quicker paced game because I think that leans actually yeah. more to you, which is just – Makes I, I, the people that have been fans of Texas Tech basketball <laughs> might make your head spin just because it's a, a complete 180. And even with McCaslin coming here, like at North Texas, what did their teams do? Like, we're going to win rock fights, whether you want sure. to or not. But, you know, being someone adjusting to the strengths of his team, like, well, it's completely different. And that's something that he noted from the start of the season is mm-hmm. we want to go, we want to score the ball. Um, and I think with you, 
having to play small ball with Cambridge being out, lean into it. I mean, see if those big guys can get up and down with you. He talked last night about Cambridge being their most versatile defender and the guy who could defend bigs and smalls and do all the things. And so, you know, when you lose your best defender, you're going to tilt a little more offensive. And uh, they've played well since his injury. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the chance. And I don't think Texas is some uh, big defensive juggernaut either. No. So it feels like this will be a game where they get out and go. Uh, we'll get some of your thoughts and comments off the Yates and Florence Center chat line when we come back. Also got a, a story that feels like it's right up our alley. Gus here for Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Time for round two of headlines. You can hit us up on the Ace Boring Center chat line. Go ahead and get your questions in for Ask Tech Talk for myself, Gus, and Collar. We'll get to all of those at the end of the show. We'll start uh, on the high school basketball ranks. Friendship Girls at San Angelo Central, 6 o'clock here after we're done uh, on Double T 97.3. We'll then go to Liberty on 93.1 Texas FM. Girl boy doubleheader. They'll be at Abernathy, uh, 6:30 for the girls, 7:30 for the boys. Directly after, and then for college basketball on 100.7, the score top 10 matchup out of the Big Ten, Illinois at Purdue uh, should be a good one. Again, you can hear that on the score. Tomorrow you'll hear Lady Raider basketball in action uh, as they host Kansas. This is a 1:30 start, 107.7. Yes, FM, Lady Raider basketball, clearly looking to bounce back after a tough one against Texas. And Kansas is an interesting kind of measuring stick game to me, Gus, because uh, they're 7-6, they're 0-2 in Big 12 play. Um, They're a team that was picked to finish third in the Big 12 this year. I don't think they've had the season they've wanted, but at the same time, it's a much better uh, Kansas women's team than in the past. And so... Maybe this is a, a a better look for Lady Raider basketball of what's to come in Big 12 play, especially since it's a home game. Yeah, I agree. Measuring stick, considering there, there's already a road conference win at a Houston team that then they're admittedly, you know, don't appear to be very good. Mm-hmm. Texas comes in here and works us over. And so where's the middle ground here? And what, what are we like against the rest of the middle? It would appear that this Kansas team is part of that middle and and one of those home games that you just don't want to give up. Yeah. Uh, It's – you're not labeling anything like must-win games or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Um, But, uh, I mean, through the gauntlet of the Big 12, which is a gauntlet on the women's side as well, um, you know, if this is a team like Kansas Jayhawks that's going to be in that middle of the pack, this is a – Type of game you got to find a way to get, uh, especially at home, and get a win out of. The men's team will be in Austin, six o'clock here on Double T ninety seven three tomorrow, taking on the Longhorns. Uh, start a Big Twelve play for everybody. We'll go through a little bit later all the Big Twelve matchups and get Gus's thought on that. But you can hear that one starting at six seven o'clock tip for the Red Raiders and then that Dallas Cowboys matchup we were talking about at Washington 2.30 on Sunday 
win and get that second seed. Uh, transfer portal news. Uh, <laughs> Gunner Gundy. We haven't had enough of that. Like, yeah, we, we haven't. We haven't had enough, <laughs> Gus. You uh, could never have enough of that. Gunner Gundy, son of Mike Gundy, is transferring to OU, <laughs> Ohio University. Uh, oh, that's all I want. <laughs> What, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't that have been hilarious if it was the other way? There's no way. Yeah. yeah, I just like saying that he went to OU. Uh, well, that'll be. Uh, you know, he's not the first guy to go from the Power Five to the MAC. Um, oh no. Yeah, that's and, that's and, a move uh, that makes sense. I would have loved to have been in that conversation though. Like, was it the dad going like, "Hey, <laughs> we're really trying to get Bowman back for another year," and really, even then, like behind Rangel, you're still kind of number three, or was it like, uh, hey, son, get out? Or was it the other way, like, <laughs> Dad, if you don't play me, I'm leaving. I'll run away. I'm packing a toy, eating <sighs> a peanut butter, and I'm not coming back. And he's like, okay. Yeah, one, Good luck. yeah you would you would think that the I would I would think maybe hope that that conversation started with the player saying hey, I want to get somewhere where I can go play yeah and then they then they find a good situation for him but uh, yeah you know getting to go to the Mac you and I'll probably watch him play on a Tuesday next year that's right that's, the studio that's, that's right Giving <laughs> maybe all in the snow tech talk yeah. your your mainstay for Mac updates <laughs> yeah Mac and updates you bet uh, man uh, a bigger one Maryland quarterback Tulia Tagovailoa entered the transfer portal. Earlier and again, if if you haven't seen this or missed it, what's interesting uh, about it is he has finished his fifth season of eligibility, so we would have to be granted uh, a waiver for him to play because this goes back to a red shirt that was burnt by a game in his time at Alabama when he was playing garbage minutes. So this is an interesting one to see just how lenient you really will be with uh, these extra years granted because he – by the book, he is out. Uh, he is out of eligibility, but he's going for uh, another season. Uh, and then, last but not least, five-time All-Star Michael Brantley has retired after 15 seasons uh, in the major leagues. Of course, he won a World Series with the Houston Astros, but he announced today the 36-year-old who was a free agent uh, will retire from the sport. Yeah, and one other little sad note, news note that's Texas Tech-related. Texas Tech's first Major League Baseball player, Chuck Harrison, who played here at Tech, played baseball and football here at Tech in the early 60s. He passed away earlier this week in Abilene. And uh, those are your headlines today for the juice. Uh, you can hit us up on the H Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions. We got to go Saints on the chat line. There you go. Go, little Saints action. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys talk is as bad as NBA talk. Mm. Well, we didn't do it for very long. I understand. We we tried to keep it to a minimum. For uh, and for as much as much hate as the NBA gets, I mean, me just referencing and responding about the NBA. I know somewhere out there is exorcist style having their head spin, <laughs> and they're just like throwing up some sort of mixture that looks like blended up peas and it's just, you know, getting bloodshot eyes, yellow skin. It's the works. So that's a strong allegation. <laughs> yeah, <Cowboys>. it is. <laughs> uh, 
I'm saying suck it, Steve, with a tear in my eye today. Yeah, of course, got a lot of questions on the chat line, and, and you know we expect we will uh, for the foreseeable future. And you know, if you're asking where AD is, it's plain and simply he got an expanded role uh, with his other job and just didn't have enough time to balance both. Uh, so he stepped away and wish him all the best. And it doesn't mean that you won't ever hear of his name ever again, but, uh, you know, seeing a bunch of questions pop up on the chat line again. So that's the simple answer to that. Yeah. Um, when, when, uh, when I can get back in the studio next week, we'll, uh, we'll get to work on creating the, uh, sort of, uh, that sort of content, personalizing it. We, we do need a new suck it, Steve version. We need a new, uh, <laughs> need something organic like that was it works you know, out because see... that was that was really stemming from realignment talk and just how some of these conference realignments lack the you know lack the sort of as i do my fists together but like the sort of headbutting that you know makes for a good rivalry yeah. and uh you know where you're in one you're in one cubby hole and you know the guy or person in the next cubby holes and ardent tcu fan you're a tech tech fan and y'all go at it and you get a little, you know, you, you get to butt heads and talk crap when your team's on top and listen to it for a year when your team's on the other side and how, you know, when, when, and I think we were making this conversation about USC and UCLA specifically, like, man, you know, when UCLA climbs into that conference with Michigan state, are there a lot of, a lot of people in neighboring cubby holes there at the, uh, you know, at the, at the widget factory that just hate each other, you know, because they, their teams have all this history against each other. And the answer is no, but it's the world we live in. But yeah, that was, that was what Dickens and I were talking about that prompted the, the whole, you know, having a, having one, you know, one, having you just being pissed at the guy in the cubby next to you named Steve. You ever worked in a cubby? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I worked at Lubbock ISD for a year. Um, and, and really the job was technical, uh, support, like in the computer department. And this would be in the late nineties and we had cubbies, like we would all go down there at our little cubby type deals, you know, mm-hmm. our little area. And then we would get our list of jobs, go out and fix computers all day and do that kind of thing. Yeah. I've been, I mean, technically in one now. It's not. Yeah, quite you got as, one. It's now, not quite fact, as cubically. <laughs> yeah, like, what I had was like yours. A lot, although we were we were notched in, we were L shaped, and so mine was probably the truer cubby than what you guys have. Mine feels like if there's like chickens meant for harvest and like free range chickens, I'm like a free range cubicle worker back there. Yeah. I run, I run off a lot too. Uh, gonna catch me in a giant butterfly net. No one has yet, but they will someday. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and com. We're going to take a look back at the week that was when we return. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at Double T 97.3.com.